and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's edition of the Theatre Podcast, we have a special episode where I shall be interviewing Richard as he discusses his recent trip to the West End, covering five shows in one week. Richard, you must be mad, if not knackered. Well, just a little bit. I I never get tired. Hear my take on some of the current big and small productions, such as Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Bonnie and Clyde, Dear Evan Hansen, Cabaret, and finally Anne Juliet. So, with all that said... Set the scene. Now, let's have a bit of a tea break. And, uh, yep, let me do that. Quite a noisy sipper. Now, I have with me the rest of these plays. And something's caught my eye here. And it's bright and pink. Tell me about this one. And Juliet. And Juliet. This is something about Shaka Spear. Uh, well, yes. So... Tell us all about this production whilst I have another bit of a sup of my brew, because I've got nothing to say on the matter. Okay, so, and Juliet is a production that is on at the Shaftesbury Theatre. So not about Julian Bravo? No, it's not about Juliet Bravo. So, the greatest love story of all time, remixed. Romeo who, with her bags packed and ready to escape Verona, Juliet recovers from heartbreak in the best way possible, by dancing the night away with her best friends by her side. But when the sparkle fades and the confetti falls and the reality catches up, it's clear that Juliet needs to face her past in order to find her future. Can she reclaim a story that has been written in the stars? Is there really life after Romeo? Or could he be worth one more try? From the writer of Schitt's Creek, Anne Juliet is one of the best new musicals in a while and then some. So this is a production, it's a musical, and it's almost what would happen if Juliet didn't die. And she continued her life without Romeo. So this is like a, it's not a retelling of the Romeo and Juliet story. It's a, it's a what would happen if. Okay, we like those. So, but it's also using, it's it's using contemporary music in a, in a Shakespeare production. So it's very much a mashup of two different worlds. Right. So when you say it's got different music, in that modern music, yeah, what, we, what we've got here, like a some uplifting female empowering songs, we've got a bit ev- of Sia, a bit of Britney, we've got everything Britney you can Houston. think of, right? So, the writer of the production and who wrote Shit's Creek and who's part of the writer of Shit's Creek, which, if anybody's seen, knows it's mad crazy and it's funny and it's definitely worth a watch. I would recommend going to watch um, Shit's Creek. Yeah, Creek that came out at the same time as Modern Family, but I talked to Modern yeah, Family. Yeah, you need to watch Shit's Creek as well because Catherine O'Hara is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen like the, the first season. I really need to get around to it. You do. You need to keep pushing and get through it all. Yeah, I know. So, obviously, the writer was a good comedy writer. However, what's his what, name? The book was written by David Westreed, and music and lyrics are by. Max Martin, who has written a lot of songs that people are familiar with and aware of throughout a 25-year career. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say it was that uh, Levy guy or, you know, the, the father and son. No. They wrote it. No. Oh, so this is... Uh... No, so, the, well, he's basically the writers wrote Shit's Creek with the Levies because Le- the Levies have di- directed and, and yeah. produced it, but there is so a writer. So this is the, the other writer. Yeah, so this the, is the, the other, other, writer. other writer. Yes. So I'm just going to reel off a few of the songs and let's see if Stephen knows these because... You, you, you're you not singing them, are you saying I'm not going to sing them. I'm just going to say them and see if you know what they are. Say what you see, and if you see it, say it. Baby One More Time. Hit Me Baby One More Time, so that's yeah. Britney Spears. I want it that way. Oh, um, I want it that way. That, that's a boy band. Yeah, Domino. Domino, I've never heard of them. Jesse J. Oh, their song, I thought you were on about the, the... Okay. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Britney Spears. Yeah, Overprotected. Overprotected... Oh, that sounds familiar. Not sure on that one. Stronger. Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Shape of My Heart. Oh, Pink. No, Um, Shape of My Heart. Oh, that's uh, Ed Sheeran, isn't it? Is it? No, that's Shape it's of similar. You. It's that Shape of You, but similar. I Kissed a Girl. And I quite liked it, Katy Perry. It's My Life. And I'll cry if I want to. Is it that one? No. Or is it It's My Life? No doubt. That... No. It, not No Doubt. Um, it's that one ever. Oh, is that the band? No, it's my life. It's now or never. Okay. No. No. Anyway. Maybe if you sang it. Raw. No. What's raw? Raw. Can't stop the feeling. Oh, Katy Perry, raw. Yeah. Can't stop the feeling. Justin Timberlake. Oh, okay, no. I want it that way. Do you? Uh, ba- is it Backstreet Boys? Yeah, it is. What was the other one, Backstreet Boys, as well? That boy band? Yeah, it was. I want yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like uh, it. No, the Celine Dion. That's the way it is. Oh, the other one. Right. Anyway, so a lot of these songs you'd recognise when you heard them because they've all been written by Max Martin. And the, Really? Yes. So all of these were pulled together for this production and turned it into a, a pop musical that basically That's I interesting. personally believe they're sung better by the cast in the way they do them and give them more emotion than the original stars. And that's a big throw out. The shade of it all. I can't but the fact that. that Max Martin's been involved in the writing and the production of this, he gave full permission to do it and has been on stage with them as part of the production process. Yeah. That said a lot to me because if some if the writer of the songs is involved, there's more to it than just him. Because it's it's a lot of risk to give you give you writing away in songs or things that have got so well, familiar. Well, I guess that's and, what's happened with Abba and yeah, uh, Ben. Yeah, same sort of thing. It? Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. So so moving. On, I mean, that's just the way I sort of look at it. There's a lot of songs on there that you'd know, but the production as a whole, I thoroughly enjoy it so what did you see like when you walked into the like, set what was the stage yeah i suppose like? we, we need to really I mean, we talk normally about do this but like, don't we? we just digressed just, and i've just moved around a little bit on this one i mean what am i on question time yeah well you know okay so you walked into the in shaftesbury theater and you're presented with i'd almost say a fairground ride set where there is and Juliet on stage, you've got a jukebox, you've got... When you say and desk. Juliet on stage, um, you're referring to the actual titles. Yes, I'm referring to basically... Yeah. But there's... If you look closely on the set as well, Romeo's name's actually on there in letters. Yeah, I can but see the R and the O. And, 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 there's on another, the e. and there's another O, and the, everything's all there. Where's there's the another M? O, there's, it's there. The M's there. He's saying that he's pointing to the picture. I'm pointing to the see. picture. The, the M's stage the left. M. The the stage the, the M's stage left. Yeah. So so basically, you're shown 
a deconstructed Romeo and Juliet is still is very much prominent on stage. <laughs> deconstructed Romeo. Deconstructed Romeo is being pulled to pieces. Bits everywhere. Yeah, oh, no, we everywhere. won't go down that lane. No. We won't we won't go too far down no. there. But what happens in the in the preset from about around seven o'clock is cast members come out onto stage, they have a bit of a dance off, they all play with the audience a little bit, they point, smile, wave, they have a bit of interaction with people on the front rows and almost draw you into the production. Oh, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want to be sat on the front row. If they're going to be... You're not taken out of stage. They're just saying hello and they're not actually... Oh, they, they don't They don't pull you on stage, but they, they draw you into the production by just welcoming you in and wave to people as they're walking down the aisles and they just talk to people and you know just have a bit of fun with them. But then they have a bit of a dance-off. Some of them show the moves because this is a very physical musical. There are... <laughs> It's very underestimated in the sense of you think it's going to be Shakespeare, but there's a lot of hip hop, there's a lot of dance in it, that there's a lot of movement in this. So you do see it's definitely a mashup. So you've got to almost throw away the fact that it's a Shakespearean production. It's this is something that has been on my list to see because I I was going to go and see this in Manchester because it originally previewed in Manchester, right? And then the pandemic hit and they had to close in Manchester. And they were going to reopen, but they decided to move the whole production to the West End for the reopen. So it didn't actually continue in the, in Manchester. Well, is it going to come back up north? No, at the moment, it's not even... It's going to stay where it is at the moment. Mm. So, But basically, that's where it started its life, and they moved it at that point. So... So yeah, it ended up in uh, it ended up uh, in the Shaftesbury Theatre as for the for the re- for, uh, following the pandemic. So I'm fortunate now to have I've seen it. I'm glad I have. So yeah, the preset happens and then we go into the production and Shakespeare and his wife Anne Hathaway are very much in the production at all times. So there's a little bit of interaction where they are basically changing the timeline of what happens because now Juliet's alive. They're they're rewriting it between them. Mm. In the sense of, there's just a lot. It's hard to describe. But so, are we following Shakespeare and and as they recreate uh, Juliet? And yes. Then we just see basically what we're Juliet watching is Shakespeare replaying. rewrite the product, rewrite yeah. the the timeline and the history. So and the focus is is more on Shakespeare, is it? It is at the opening. Yeah. It's on, but but Anne Hathaway is his is his conscience in the sense of, well, what if that happened and what if this happened and it, she's she's asking questions and mm. saying, well, what about why don't that happen? And what I will say is, it's it's a very inclusive piece in it explores sexuality in a way not with Juliet but with friends of Juliet where they introduce a character called May who is somebody that's questioning his sexuality and gender but they do it in such a good way that it's not the only part of his character and that leads into the second half a little bit more with some of the songs because they actually do they they use I'm not a girl not yet a woman as his main song that he sings mm. which is all about him questioning his sexuality yeah. and his gender but it's done in such a strong and powerful way that it makes so much sense and this is where they've not been held back in using the songs as not for what they're intended maybe they've and the right that's something for me that the person that wrote the songs that's gave them full confidence that they use these songs as and change them to means they've not changed the lyrics they've just the performances I felt are more powerful than the ones we hear on the radio or, you know, the actual original person that sang them. I feel that they created more from that because Nurse, who's you know, they they've still got a nurse in there. Nurse is the is is quite a strong character throughout. 
but they nurse sings teenage dream and break free with um with her love interest halfway through the production and that performance those songs which is normally sung by ariana grande because she was quite a young star when she sang them they didn't have the weight that they do in this Mm. so they nurse performs them in a way that because they talk about wanting to live a teenage dream or wanting to have break free and live the life that they used to live as children or as young people that were free and easy now it's almost like a, a look back song and it makes so much more sense because yeah. it's like they're talking about their past and it had more they just felt they felt more fun and free and almost like the letting the hair down whereas if you've not had that history or that road or that you've not lived that life how can you look back and i think that's where these songs had more and it makes me wonder whether max wrote those songs for that type of person rather than the people that sang them because you know the songs are sold for people to sing and they're mm-hmm. not necessarily for the person they're intended for unless it's just a coincidence that they yeah. all seem to be on the same wavelength for yeah. fitting into this um, musical yeah so do you think it was um well directed yes i think it's it's fast paced it's poignant it's emo it's 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 just an enjoyable night because it's almost a karaoke musical where mm. there's a lot of things that everything you know is familiar, but they intersperse it with speeches or things that link everything together, and there's twists and turns all the way through it. And Romeo comes back at, at a certain point. Spoiler: Romeo does appear, but that is through the interaction of of Shakespeare going, "Well, I'm going to mess with the script now. Mm. I'm going to bring him back." You know, he didn't die. You know, and it's it's all those sort of moments that it's just fun. It's like everything about the production just you just enjoy it and sometimes even though there's some really nice poignant moments it is silly at points it's funny at points but the so it's just a it's just a feel-good musical mm. sometimes what do you make of the actual writing then did it venture into shakespearean prose or yes did it... there were there were they, a lot of it was in prose and a lot of it they they didn't go too deep in into the actual speeches and things like that. However, the drama of it and the twists and turns were very Shakespearean. Mm. So it still had the elements of a comedy and tragedy and things happening and it was almost like the rug had been shaken. But it was a it was that thing of what happens after, what happens if this happened or you know, there was twists and turns and I think that, that has a lot to be said for the writing because it still felt yes we would watching something that's almost there's there's a lot of hip-hop there's a lot of this there's a lot of fun in it however there was still mm. the heart of it there was a core because even when romeo and juliet came back together they weren't necessarily straight back to being romeo and juliet because juliet had moved on yeah so there was still those twists and turns of you know and i think it just i just yeah i just enjoy it what did you make of uh the the acting did anybody particularly stand out i mean I will say, and this is a big shout out to Miriam Teakley, who was Juliet. She's phenomenal. I've seen her. She just floors you when she performs. I mean, vocally, she's amazing. Like mm. acting wise, she's amazing. And if anybody gets a chance to see it, honestly, um, Cassidy Jansen as um, as Anne, she's amazing as well. Um, Shakespeare, Oliver Thompson, he was amazing. I mean, nice little fun fact for Oliver Thompson: he was rusty in in starlight express for quite a while when he was younger yeah saying that he was a bit rusty he's a bit rusty no he was rusty in starlight express and that is the 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 lead role in starlight so when i found that out i could see why he's obviously treaded the boards a long time in 
in London. And I could, I mean, to be fair, I could pick a lot of people out. And Melanie Labarry for for being in as as nurse, who is now being played by um Kayla Settle, who was in Greatest Showman in London. So now there's there's a lot of people. You know, this has only just started to be transferred to other countries, and they're in the previews at the moment. I think they so, need to be sending it up north first. I think before they, they start taking it away. I know. It's already it's, it's, it's gone to three other countries and it's just being previewed at the moment. So I think with all these shout-outs, we need to make a special sound effects for them, like a trumpet sound. I think, yeah. Because then we'll just have a chorus I think I'd, I'd, run, I'd run out. On this I'd point. run out of trumpets, to be fair. They've run well, out of yeah. breath. Yeah, well, need something. Okay, so we're... Well, you you spoke about the, the acting side and, and everything, but is there anything you can tell me about the props and the costume and just the music? within itself here what what props i would say they were they were really well used there's a lot of set pieces that are brought out onto stage so there's little things there was there was almost set staging there was there was a few scenes in like juliet's bedroom so there was lots of props and things brought on trolleys and things where it was wardrobe rails full of clothes there was but they didn't hold back on all of those things they were they were fully laden with things but was it period costumes as, yeah, as well, everything, everything on stage was sort of period costumes and it was all done in a, basically like you were at Romeo and Juliet, but there was a little twist of almost rock and punk. They were wearing denim jackets, but the denim jackets had got, say, buckles on and things that would have been very very Shakespeare style. So it was almost a complete mashup, but the overall aesthetic was very shakespearean but when you look closer there was things like embellishments on the jacket so there'd be studs and there'd be glitter and there'd be it's almost like you you've got the costume but then we're going to put some sparkle on it and then we're going to do things that make it feel almost modern and they were wearing say i know basketball trainers and things like that that still had the look look of lace-ups up the legs mm. but actually they were trainers so it was the, you know so i suppose it's difficult for you to then like pick it up for anything being like like a sore thumb being out there because it was a, a mi- mixed yeah. match of just anything goes. Definitely. I, I mean, I right? mean, if um, so, I mean, I'll put a link in um, in the post of um, one of the artists that actually designed all the projections. Because what you what I didn't also mention is at the back of the stage, the projections on stage and the the writing and the letters was done in very much a I'd say almost fairground style with yeah but, i think you picked that up at the beginning but so. also a graffiti yeah. style and a, and a um tattoo style so everything was sort of hand drawn and i mean one of my big shouts out is to the artist vic lee who has actually hand drawn all of the projections and things that you see on stage and i must say like looking at the the image that you've taken of the set the actual flooring looks slightly harlequin like diamond yes. shaped and stuff so yeah. that's quite of the Shakespearean seventeenth yeah. century yeah. time, isn't it? And it's it, actually a revolving stage. That is well, that that base century. is a revolving stage with the yeah. It looks it, like it's circular. Yeah. So yeah. and the, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of like nods to the past and but also nods to the future with the sort of with the tattoo style and the and the sort of punk and rock sort of thing. So it's really cleverly sort of mixed. Yeah. Well, well Shakespeare's seventeenth uh, century, isn't it? Sixteenth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a brief and yeah. yeah. So I just think they've been very brave in doing it and creating a, a something that looks almost period, but then there's little turns of neons and a lot of it's very mm. brightly coloured and, you know, but 
and I think that's just really, really key to this production with it for what it is. Um, would you like to touch upon the um, the the lighting and the sound? Because yeah. you already mentioned like the technical aspects. Yeah, I mean, um, like... the the there's 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 a lot of hidden things in the in the staging. Um, there's there's moments of of pure those moments where you expect a key change and you expect somebody to rise up out of the sea into the ceiling and all those things, they all happen. There's a t- there's a moment where Juliet ends up flying over France in uh, in a what she, she flies over France in a in a uh, sat on a uh, a park bench with Romeo, with with all the uh, the all the parts of of France passing under on the revolve but they do it in such a way where she's on a big moon and that flies up into the audience into the not into the audience but into the start stage now let me get this right she's flying on a park bench yeah this some sort of like weird aladdin magic yeah it's a love moment it's a bit where she's where romeo's trying to woo her back into his life so we're going for a whole new day yeah yeah basically it's those it's those moments of like yeah it's a whole new world moment so but but it just happened on a park bench yeah of course right yeah as you do yeah exactly i never seem to have a whole new world on a park but there's there's also props and use where there's a carriage a horse and carriage where but they use a fairground horse instead of a real horse but it it works because right. it all ties into the whole colorful world Would you say it's pantomimeish no well with it being like Harlequin-ish? it almost feels pantomimeish but like yeah. in a shakespearean way so it's all very well that's where yeah, it's sort of yeah. uh, expired from i suppose isn't it but yeah so i mean technically wise there's a lot of light in a lot of projection use so the projections around the top of the stage basically generally originally center around london then they move when you walk in you they the the projections all show the place that we're actually in in the shaftesbury theater but when you go to paris all that changes to to street names of in paris sites of paris so so all the all the sort of designs at the back all change depending on where they're traveling and where they're going to so then mm. and then there's props of signage and each different scene has different things and this so would you say it was more thought out because i know in, in one show where uh, we've both been to see yeah well several of them now actually um they'll put on the side or the back of the stage uh, a particular area yeah um, like uh, i don't know like the farmer's shed yeah or somebody's house or whatever yeah. paris france you, you know they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've said where it is but it's just been like lettering them yeah well this said. is no this is more or so much more thought out yeah. and not just that to enhance those projections then they've used maybe a street sign that they've put on mm. the revolve to come past the audience past the, the cast and it's just reiterated that we're on our way to paris or mm. we, they've not just relied on the projection there's there's something mm. else well, they're quite handy because and... uh, before projections, you'd probably just have like a curtain come exactly. down and it's like painted yeah. forest or, yeah. or a painted castle. I mean, we're, we're talking old school sort of uh, uh, theatre there, but yeah. Yeah, so I do I do find that it was done really well and I just, yeah, I can't say any more than that. I think it's just... Uh, was, there, was there anything that went wrong? No. Another one that's really good, and and I think that do really well for London. So I far. think for, no personally, I've seen I've seen a lot of productions, <laughs> and I've seen some go wrong, and I've I've seen things in London go wrong. This one, because the cast were all involved and on it, they do the scene changes, they do the set changes, they move things off stage, and I think that's key. That shows how 
committed they all to they are all to doing that production no none of the, even the principal cast they were all involved in moving mm. set scenery and things it wasn't there was no reliance on somebody else will do it for me they mm. all have to do it because if they don't it won't happen so yeah it's, it's yeah, yeah it's good now for the scores on the doors for and juliet i had to think what it was called Hello. then um, it just looks like Judith from everywhere I'm saying. And Judith. And Judith. So rate it. <laughs> oh, God. I can only give it a ten. Oh. No, really. And I need you to ask me something. Right. Okay. Would you go and see it again? Well, I've already seen it twice. Oh. <gasps> so, I'd go see it three times. Three <gasps> times a lady. And all I can say is the second time. I took my eight-year-old niece to see the second see it the second time, and I was a little bit wary about taking her to see it because of the adult themes, the the type of production it was. It was actually her first musical, seeing it in London as well. Mm. So I was a little bit apprehensive as to it's quite a big, brash, bold production. Would it scare her off theatre? And all I can say is she's never stopped singing the soundtrack since. Okay. It's literally every request in the car, everywhere we go, she always wants to hear it. So so that, for me, it typifies that if it, it can work on all levels. But I I mean, I've seen it twice now, so... And you'll I'm see it just, again. I'll see it again. And I don't, I don't need to wait a year before I see it again. I'll see it again whenever. So Yeah. And, and honestly, hats off to the cast, because the two times I've seen it, I've seen different people in other role in the other roles, and they are all amazing in the roles they played. So mm. it was a phenomenal to see that because every cast member's de- each each performance is demanding. So yeah, it's 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 great. So what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck, tumbleweed. An audible shrug of the shoulders. Uh? A slow clap. A pleasant applause. Or a standing ovation. What will it be? A standing ovation. Really? Well, you've given it a 10, so why not, I suppose? Well, I don't give standing ovations that lightly, but this one... You seem to be giving them out. Well, a lot, a lot now. Now I'm or, not the one seeing it. Or is that because I'm picking good productions to go and see? Are you saying that I pick it? No, no, no. No. <clears throat> is that is that because I'm I've I've used my money wisely when I'm in London, or is I don't read reviews though? I will say that I go based on what I would go and see, and I have seen some in my past that I wouldn't go see again. So, you know, and I wouldn't give a stand innovation to. So, maybe we could list those in another episode yeah I think maybe. we could talk about that in another you know so there we are that's our discussion of A Week in the West End where Richard Platt takes on five of the top shows we hope you found it insightful if not entertaining coming up over the next few episodes we will be discussing A Week in the West End where Richard Platt takes on five of the top shows and the new musical Identical <laughs> 
That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.